0: I love that last song, "Good Good Father." You know, it's it's unfortunate that the world really doesn't understand that the Father is good, right? And many Christians don't understand that the Father is good. But I, I love the part for those of you who have seen the movie The Shack. Um, we showed it to our friends in Nigeria while we were there, Michael and I, and and. Um, I love the part where the father says to Mackenzie, you know what your problem is? You don't think I'm good. And do you know that is truly the problem with the world, but even the problem with the bride. That's why so many Christians just kind of, well, that's the Old Testament. You know, that's how God was. And we, we kind of ignore the Old Testament, right? But he is good. He is good. We have to understand that in that goodness, there is a force that fights that goodness, right? And in a righteous God, he has to let things play out as they play out. That's a tough concept. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. If you ever wonder about that concept, I want to encourage you to watch that movie. Watch, watch the movie The Shack. It, it explains that concept so well. It's so good. I, I'll tell you, I'm so excited to be back. This trip was long. Right, Michael? This was a long trip. This is the longest trip I had been on going to Nigeria. <laughs> Um, and it, it was a long trip, but but uh, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have our friends joining us in uh, online from Nigeria. I uh, want to shout out to those in Pakistan. There's a ton from Pakistan. There's a ton from Kenya, and and I do want to say right off the bat, please understand that. Um, don't be offended if I don't message you back because I get hundreds of those, and and I I just. Forgive me, but I don't. I don't look at them. I just clear them. Um, it is nothing against what God is doing there, and and so many have asked for us to come there, and 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 I declare this morning we will, as soon as God tells us to, we will be there. But uh, we're we're gonna we'll do an update, kind of an update on things that happened in Nigeria. But the Lord did give me a word this morning. When I got up and I spent time with him and, and um, so I don't know if he's gonna commingle them. <laughs> I'm not sure how he's gonna do it this morning, that's up to him. But, uh, but, but the word was very strong this morning and, and he reminded me of something that happened yesterday in my time with the Lord, uh, it, and I should say my set aside time with the Lord, cause, cause the, the Lord is with you always. And it's not like, okay, here's my compartmentalized time with the Lord and then the rest of the day is mine. He has me 24 hours a day. But yesterday in the morning was, was my focused time of just worship and just talking with Him and, and listening to Him. And, and yesterday was unique because it's happened before, but it, it's, it's not been that often, um, where, where I'm just talking with Him. And I'm just struck, I'm not an emotional person. And I was struck by such heavy emotion, it overcame me. I I started bawling like a baby. It was ridiculous. I'm so glad nobody could see, right? And and I'm I'm even telling the Lord, I, I just, I don't even know how to react to this, Father. I just love you. I just love you. I just love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God and it was just so overwhelming and he put a thought in my head after that and it was is Jesus enough and and i kind of dwelt on that thought throughout the day and you know my answer was very easy so i knew right away he was at, he wasn't asking me that question but he wanted me to prompt that question to you. Is Jesus enough? To the bride, is Jesus enough? See, so often in this world, we compartmentalize our religion, if you will. And, I, and I'm not saying specifically ignition. As a matter of fact, not at all. But in the bride, we compartmentalize our religion. We compartmentalize Our God. We compartmentalize Jesus. And we say, Jesus is enough. However, we need these other things. You know, we we need the career. We need the the relationship. We need the the spouse. We need the friendships. We need, we need, we need. I need that car. You know, I, I need that house. We need all these things. And God just kept impressing on me, wait a second. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? And the obvious answer is, well, yeah, of course he is, right? But I want you to really evaluate this morning. Is Jesus enough? Because here in Ignition, we we have had the fortunate, fortunate situation of him telling us so many prophetic things, So many things that we know are coming about. So so many that have come about. So many things that have opened up. But but so many that are just beyond our grasp. Because they haven't happened yet. Extraordinary things. I mean, insane things to be, be truthful with you. But is Jesus enough? That's what he kept just hitting me with. You know, what if those things were not to happen for another 20 years? Is Jesus enough? Tough question, guys. We have so many young people here. Okay, what if you didn't get married for another 30 years? Is Jesus enough? Now, some of you are like, Yeah, I don't want to get married anyways. (laughs) But others are like, Oh, wait a second. Lord, ask me that question after I'm married. Because then I got my ducks in a row. Then I can say, Yes, you're enough. But is he enough? Is he enough when we're in a living room? Is he enough when we don't fully understand things that we're up against? Is he enough when something in our world rocks our world to the core? And that's a tough question. Because you cannot answer that question until you're in it. Or until you've lived through it. That's the testing. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough when your family turns against you? Because of something that you stand for? We've had so many young people that are part of Ignition that have gone through that actual process where to follow Jesus Christ, they had to turn from their family and the philosophies of their family. And I won't point them out, but you many in here know who they are. That's a tough, tough decision. But is Jesus enough? I was toiling with that this morning as he was giving me this word, and I thought, well, should I do a screen that says, is Jesus enough? And and I thought, okay, well, no, how about this? He gave me this, this scripture in 2 Corinthians, and, and it's really about strength and weakness. So, okay, so you can see what I chose <laughs> to do this morning. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And see, Jesus is enough. The Father is enough. The Holy Spirit is enough. But understand that He operates in our weakness. That that's so opposite of how we think. You know, if, if we talk about getting ready for something, you know, and, and we have we we know what's coming. We know this this first domino to fall, which is which is Carson's healing. And we know all the dominoes that begin to fall after that, and it's extraordinary. It, it's where literally ignition is leaped from this living room to a global scale. Literally overnight. Okay, we know those prophecies. We understand, we believe those prophecies. But you you have to understand that, that to get to that point of that first domino to fall, It isn't in our strength. It's in our weakness. Why do you think we have the favor that we do over in Nigeria? And, and I can't wait to tell you about this trip. It was absolutely insane. It was absolutely in this. I don't even know. By the way, Michael is learning teeth and, and I am just going to be stubborn and wait till God gives it to me in tongues. There you go. Now I don't know—is that lazy or uh, maybe that's lazy? But but Michael's over there. We're sitting at dinner with with a bunch of them, and he's just spouting off these these t words and 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 I'm I'm just feeling like okay, I know none of this. So I, I look over to the person next to me, and I go, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> "Interpret that." I don't even know why I said that. I don't even know why I went down that road. But bottom line, God is doing amazing things in Nigeria. I mean, not teaching me teeth, but he is doing amazing things in Nigeria. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But those things come from a position of weakness. Right? We're not going over to Nigeria because we have millions of dollars we could go in and Do anything we want because we have all this money, all this clout to do it with. No, when I went over there, I knew one person and I had only met him for 15 minutes in an airport a year and a half before. I knew nobody. Mm -hmm. I went over there and I set my foot down on the ground for the first time and fell in love. Fell in love with those people. Didn't even know them. (coughs) Fell in love with them. And God began to do a work in my heart and then He began to do a work in others' hearts and others came with. And we've had several teams go now. A few different times where people have fallen in love. This church, many who have never been there, have fallen in love with these people. And through that process, God's favor has put us in positions that's insane. It's insane. Where we stay there, I remember the first time I was gonna stay there, I, I went over there, I brought jeans. Cause I thought I'd be staying in a hut, laying on the floor, in the dirt. And now I'm staying at the governor's house. <laughs> in this, in this suite that's about half as big as my home. I, I'm sorry, but that's God. That's not man. That, that's, that's not our strength that brings it there. And what he has opened up this last time. (laughs) Anyways. We'll get to that. I know. I know, right? No, because there's a word in here for it. There's a word that you need to get. Because God is strong in our weakness. Second Corinthians chapter 11. I'm sorry, chapter 12. Chapter 12. Wait. No, 11. Yeah, (laughs) chapter 11. My bad. And let me see. Um, You know, I'm just going to start at verse 16. We're going to read down through the end. I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. What I'm saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord... Would But as a fool, since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. This is Paul speaking. For you gladly bear with fools being wise yourselves. I don't know if you get this, but Paul's toying with them here. Okay? I want you to recognize the sarcasm going on here. Okay. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Adam? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I am talking like a madman, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hand of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. His passion, his love for the people. Verse 29. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor king under King Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaping his hands. Paul goes on in in chapter 12 boasting of his weakness but then he quantifies he says I'll boast of a man that whether it was in the flesh or not I don't know but who was taken to the third heaven and was told such amazing things that he couldn't even utter to people he said that man I'll boast of now that man was him 14 years earlier, he had been taken up to heaven. He didn't recognize whether it was in the flesh or in the spirit because it felt like the flesh. I can understand that. That has happened to me. I've shared that with you. And he said that he was told things when he was in heaven that he could not utter to the bride. He could not utter to the church. See, he was made privy to God's plan. And then God said, go, you'll be strong in my weakness. Do you know the Bible says that Paul was told what was going to happen to him every city that he entered? How many of us, knowing that if God said, I want you to go down to Baltimore and preach, and by the way, you're going to get mugged, You're gonna get robbed. You're gonna get beat up. The police are gonna blame you for it. You're gonna be thrown in prison and have a record for the rest of your life. How many of us would go? (laughs) Think about it. I mean, really think about that. Would you do that if you knew it was the Lord saying to do it? See, to Paul, it wasn't a question he was told i don't know why the lord told him ahead of time i i, I almost I almost think like it was a test for paul i don't know but the lord told him ahead of time what he was going to face and yet paul walked into that city why because of what he said in verse 28 there is a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches because of his passion for jesus christ his passion To let others know about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, it it far outweighed anything he was going to face. But do you understand that he, he understood after all this time that it was in those very weakest points that he was at his strength? How often are we taken to a point of weakness? And all we do is look inward and say, what am I doing wrong? If anybody could have said that, it was Paul. He just gave a resume of literal hell that he had been through. These things in his life that he had to go through. Right? So if we dealt with that Would our reaction be, what am I doing wrong? Instead of, God's preparing me for weakness. He's preparing me to be weak so it's no longer me. See, when He started this process with me, He had to take away from me everything that I held in power. That I could control. My business that allowed me to control my finances, that allowed me to control even my position in the church. I held it in pride that I could work full-time for the church and them not have to pay me. And that was a great thing for the church. But you know what? Honestly, it was because I didn't want the authority. I didn't want the authority over me. I thought if they paid me, they could tell me what to do. And they could. (laughs) See, that was prideful. On my part, not understanding that it was God's authority that I was really running from, not man's, because I am under God's authority. So when He prepares us for weakness, we need to react in such a way to say, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Understanding that if he's the one doing it, he has a plan in it, and and this is in every level. Now, sometimes we bring weakness on ourselves. Understand, you know, I, I, I'm not dismissing and saying everything <clears throat> the bad that happens to us is is just because we're we're all innocent and 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 it's just the enemy coming against us. No, many times we bring things on ourselves. but no matter whether we bring it on ourselves or whether God allows it to come upon us it's that weakness that God can begin to work in you ever wonder why you make these lifetime decisions for God when he brings you to the end of yourself it's cuz you got to get yourself out of the way paul knew that paul was telling these people you you want to complain You want to complain? Let me tell you what you could actually be complaining for. Let me show you a life that has the right to complain, which was his life. And he said, and yet I've come to recognize that it's in those very weak moments that God is strong. I mean, I would encourage you to go and read through Paul's life, times that he was in prison, when he and Silas were in prison and, and the, the prison shook and, and all, the, all the doors opened and everything else and, and they didn't leave. Why? That was their chance. But they didn't leave because God didn't tell them to leave. God used that to bring that jailer to an intimate place with Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? It was in Paul's weakness. That Jesus shone through. It's in the weakness of this church, and and we've heard these prophecies as well. And I, I'm going to prophesy it again. That that what happens in the global revival of this this uh, the of the bride, okay? The global revival that's about to happen is not going to come through the big churches. It's just not. That's been prophesied all over the place, but I'll tell you why. It's because God will come through in weakness of man, not in strength of man. Why do you think He's put this crew together that He has here in such an extraordinary way that nobody knows about? I mean, except for thousands of people in Nigeria. Go figure. It's because he's working from a place of weakness. Because when we are weak, he is strong. When we're weak, we have no strength to rely on to do it ourselves. Imagine if, if I had all the money in the world to be able to go and just build all the buildings we needed to in Nigeria and, and, and buy the land and everything else. God would not have been able... To build the relationships that we've built there. You know, those 20 some acres that we've been praying about. We got it. Yeah. And I'll tell you that story in a little bit, but, but we got it and we got it for free, guys. It was given to us. It was given to us in partnership. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a video here in a little bit about it. And he did it through these relationships. Who would have known that we would have built a relationship with the governor there? Who would have known that the governor would get us in contact with the U.S. ambassador? Who we're going to be meeting with next time we go in, in about a month. We'll be there toward the end of January. Who would have known? Not me. That certainly wasn't in my strength. In my strength and all my money, calling up the ambassador. Yeah, you need to talk to me. No, it was in my weakness. It was in our weakness saying, you know what? We, we don't have a lot to offer, but, but we're really tight with God. <laughs> <laughs> and if that means anything to you, then we're here to help. And see, God was already working on the other end. He was already setting all that up. I, I just could go on and on about it. It's just insane what he's doing there. It's insane what he's doing here. Don't think it's just happening over there. It's, it's began here and it's it's coming from here. What he's doing in this group, there is not a soul in here that is not important to him and important to that plan. And yet there are several in here that are ignoring it. See, you seem to think that you have nothing to offer because you're not in a place of strength. And he's saying, come to me in your weakness. See, the most powerful times in a person's life with God are when they've come to the end of themselves. When they literally give something up for him that was tough to give up. And when I gave up the business, that was tough to give up because not only was it our income, but I enjoyed it. I can't wait to build in Nigeria because it'll be like, oh, this is cool. I get to do this again. I get to design. I get to draw. I get to, you know, show them how an American will do it. (laughs) Right? But see, I had to give that up first. Others have had to give that up. Shannon, Beth, recently gave that up. Shannon said to, I think last week or whenever it was, she said the most intense times she has had with the Lord or since she, she stopped that. Am I correct in that? Why? Because she came to him in, in her weakness. It was her weakness of giving up what the Lord wanted her to give up. That, that humanly, by the way, doesn't make sense. I'll guarantee she has taken flack for that. Just like Alexa and I did. Just like many of you have done. Because, see, the world sees that, and it doesn't make sense. Wait a second. You, you've got to get your career in line. You've got to get your money figured out. You've got to get your, your relationships figured out. You know, figure out that, that man or, or that, that woman that you're going to marry so you can get that behind you, and then, then you're ready to move on. Let me know how that goes. It's not going to go well. Because what God wants is He wants you to say, Lord, you have my everything no matter what. From this point on, you have my everything. You have my relationships. You have my money. You have my desires. You have everything. I give it to you. Why? Because you're good. You're a good father. I believe it. I trust my assets in your hands. Because they were yours to begin with. You know, I, I tell them all the time. Uh, in fact, this time when, when we had a meeting with the governor, um, and it, it got around to the point where we were talking about the land. It, it, we were talking about something else first. And basically I said, I'm not sure when we'll be back to continue that process. Um, it kind of depends on the land. And he looked at me and he goes, what do you mean? The land. And I said, well, I said, originally we were looking at buying the land and, and, um, uh, you know, cause I, I felt like, like the Lord would not want anything to come from anybody else so he could take full credit. And I said, the Lord rebuked me on that because the Lord told me we're supposed to partner with, with, the governor in Benway State, I said the Lord rebuked me in that. So I, I looked at him and I said, "I said so." So bottom line is, is he told me you're going to give it to us for free, and I can't do anything about it. So don't know what to tell you. Ask Michael. That's that's just how I said it. And he looked at me, and, and his response was interesting. He looked at me, and he looked at his his chief of staff. And I don't, like, I don't know what they were saying back and forth, but I got the impression he was a little upset. Like, I thought this was already taken care of last time. And then he looked at me and he said, I thought we were partners. He said, I thought we gave that land to you last time you were here. Yeah. So you you can imagine how Michael and I were feeling like, Well, the Lord did tell me. (laughs) So yes, amen. (laughs) And and I, I was so blown away by what God did. Because, see, it wasn't a matter of we got it for a good deal. Because we didn't just get land. See, we got a partnership because of the heart that drew us there in the first place. Which was Governor Tom's heart who loves the Lord desperately. Loves the Lord desperately. That's what drew us there. That's why God needed us to be in a place of weakness so we would partner. Otherwise, we never would have. We would have just bulldozed in like every American does. Right? But the Lord didn't want us to do that. He wanted us to be in a place of weakness. So we had to rely on him. See, the cool thing is, we may not have anything, but my dad has everything. Your dad has everything. So all we have to do is wait for Christmas. Sometimes we want those presents early. Can I just open one before Christmas? Right? And he's saying, just just wait, it's not time yet. Sometimes He's waiting for our weakness. Sometimes He's waiting for us to get to a place where we can't look anywhere but up. Problem is, He wants us to stay there. It, it's not that, okay, I really need you now, Lord, fix this. And we hear this all the time. You, you hear this in people's testimonies even. Fix this, Lord, and I will dedicate my life to you. you get me out of this to where I live you 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 hear stories about that in, in war a lot. Get me out of this, save my life, and, and I'll give you my life for the rest of my life. And And some follow through, but some don't. Because he gets us through that event. And then, thank you, Lord. Oh, I believe in you. I love you. Thank you. Oh, don't worry, I got this one. I got this one. This is easy. I've done this a million times. I got this. Don't worry about it, God. I got this one. And then the Lord said, the process begins. The process begins of them trying to build up their own strength when I'm trying to keep them weak. Now, I'm not saying that's why things come against us. But I'm not saying it's not either. That's exactly what happened to Paul. You get into chapter 12 and and you see in there, because of this tremendous thing that happened when he went to heaven and he was given all this prophecy, all these visions, all these things that he couldn't even speak of, because of all that, he was also given a thorn in the flesh to literally keep ground him almost, to keep him in a place where pride would not take hold of him. And, and I know, I know theologians go all over the places to what that is. Many believe it was his eyes, he couldn't see, and, and, and then, then, you know, others believe it was this and that and whatever. I believe it was so much more than that. Why? Because in all the things that Paul went through, for him to go before the Lord and plead three times, take this away. Plead! This is a man who's been beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, Whipped, I don't know if you, you guys know, but whipping with the, the cat of nine tails, you know, the same thing that Jesus got, Jesus got the 39 slash. The reason they don't give 40 slashes is because somehow the Romans figured out at 40 people die. And so they go one less. Paul had that three times. So, so, Do you think that maybe what he was pleading about, this thorn in the flesh, it wasn't some simple thing? I don't believe it was his eyes at all. Because if you can kind of see, which he could, because if you if you see the books, the original manuscript that he wrote, he writes really big, I think because he had to, (laughs) so he could see it. So he could see. I think it was so much more than that. He doesn't explain what it is. But it was bad enough to take a a man who has a resume of all this pain and to plead with the Lord three times, take it away. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So see, from a place of weakness, Paul had to know that he is my strength. God, keep this church in a place of weakness To trust you in everything. Everything, God. I don't ever want this church to come to a point where all these things that God... Because we will have buildings. We will have all these things. He's told us that. He wants us to. But Lord, never let it be to our strength. Never. Take me out if it is. Take any of us out. If it is. Because this is his movement. It's not my movement. It's his movement. It's not your movement. It's his movement for the bride. To bring the bride to an understanding that he is good. He is good. And he loves you. He loves me. He's good. That's all he wants. Because when you recognize that, then you desire relationship with him. Then you open up to him in ways you've never opened up before. All of a sudden, he becomes more important than that potential spouse or your current spouse. He becomes more important than that potential career or your current career. He becomes more important than those things. He becomes everything. That's exactly the position that he wants to be in. And I guarantee you, when you bring him to that place where he is everything to you, and nothing else holds the same level of meaning, your life will change. Your whole outlook will change. Everything about you will change. Except maybe your circumstances. Isn't that funny? See, God doesn't always take us out of our circumstances. Because he was the one that put us there, perhaps, in the first place to bring us to a place of weakness. So, so now, that, now that we get it, we understand that in weakness we could be strong, why then do we want him to take, about, take us out of our weakness? doesn't make sense only to take us out to put us in another place of weakness? No. It's so much easier to say, hey, whatever you want, Lord. I'm good. I'm good. I'll take the lashes because I know one day I'll be with you. I'll be with you and I won't have to feel the lashes anymore. I won't have to feel the oppression anymore. I won't have to feel the loneliness anymore. I won't have to feel like everybody thinks I'm nuts anymore. Because one day I'll be with you. What an amazing day that'll be. What a glorious day. That song. Pray against the atmosphere. Father, we worship you. We praise you. I command demonic spirits in this atmosphere to be immediately bound in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood, I cast you into the abyss if you have no authority to be here in Jesus' name. If you do have authority, you are to remain mute and silent in Jesus' name. But I give no warning to witchcraft. And in the authority given me the permission, and you know what I'm talking about, in the permission given to me days ago, if you set foot on this property, your life will be taken. I decree it, I command it, I release it in Jesus' name and by the power of His blood. Thank you, Father. In our weakness, he's strong. In our weakness. Even in the weakness of warfare. Now what's beautiful is, in that weakness, God teaches us how to operate in that weakness. He gives us what we need to operate in that weakness. It's not that, oh, you know, because people in the bride, and you've all seen this, can go the opposite direction with it. Well, okay, uh, you know, to, to be godly, that means I'm, I'm not going to have any... I'll give all my money away. I'm not going to do this, not going to do that. I'll just kind of walk the streets and, and and just just not have anything. God doesn't want that either. I mean, look at David. One of the greatest warriors in history had everything. He was king of Israel. Do you think he should have given everything up to go walk the streets? No, it's just he knew where he got it from, mm-hmm. and he let God give it to him. Oh, he didn't go after it himself. That's how we're supposed to be, you know. Like I said, God is going to bless us with many things, many, 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 many. Inc- I mean, ooh, that was Teve, by the way. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I, I wish, I wish I could. Invite you into my head for just a few moments to 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 see what I see, especially at that prayer tower that he's that he's going to do, and and so many things I'm, I I just can't tell you about yet. But even in those times, it has to be in our own weakness that He is strong it's it's not because of the circumstances he uses circumstances to get us there but it's really in our understanding of who he is versus who we are that's what the weakness is you know in america we kind of fight that because in america you're taught you could be anything you know success you can you can you could just work hard and you can attain all this stuff which which by the way is true america's awesome for that but as a christian if you're attaining it in your own strength, you're missing something. And then if you say, I want you, Lord, guess what he's going to do? He's going to bring you to a place of weakness. Because if you really want him, that's the only way you're going to find him. That's what, That's how Paul found him, right? So, it's it's not a complicated word this morning. Strength and weakness. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough in your life? If He is, then walk forward in power. In absolute power. Because it's not your power, it's His. It's not your strength, it's His. You look at some of the strongest people in the Word of God, and they were strong because of Him. Right? I mean, Enoch walked with God. So much so, God just said, you know, why don't you just stick around stay? You don't need to go back home. Elijah walked with God. So much so, he said, I, you know what? You don't have to lose your life. I'm just going to send my chariot down to pick you up. He walked with God. Now, do you think that was an easy life? No, read Elijah's life. That was a tough life. Some of the things. I mean, you try getting in front of the the king, the leader of your world, and telling him bad things. I mean, think about that. Imagine that. That's like that's like. I won't even say you know in our in our country Donald, Donald Trump because we're capitalistic. Try standing up. To the king, or the, 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 uh, who leads Iran? It's, it's, uh um, the Amman. Uh, yeah, it's something else. I, it, huh? Ayatollah, that's it. Ayatollah. I keep thinking Pharaoh, and I don't know what, why that was popping in my brain, but imagine walking up to the Ayatollah, and you're in Iran, and you're walking up to him, and telling him he is wrong to be doing something, because that is against Jesus Christ. How do you think that'll work out for you? But yet that was Elijah's life. That was Elijah's life. But Elijah's life was also a life of power. Mm. I I, I love the fact that that there was a time when Elijah asked, and I can't remember whoever the spokesperson was for King Ahab, and and he said, you know, tell uh, tell the king to come here and see me. And the guy's like really afraid because he's like, no, if I go tell him you're here, you're, he's going to come back and you won't be here because the, the Spirit will take you somewhere. And then all of a sudden, Ahab's going to kill me because I lied. And and he said, No, I'll be here. And the, and the story goes on. But the point is, that was really happening. The Spirit took Elijah wherever he needed to go, wherever he wanted to take him. Imagine that life. Amen. We spent 36 hours traveling from Nigeria to here. It was insane. How awesome would it have been to, boop, and I'm there. How awesome would that be? It's coming. coming. Amen. Amen. I received that. I received that. Imagine the, the time and the money that would save. It is coming. But imagine, imagine the life that Elijah had to live. Imagine the life That he lived in weakness. Right? That's what God wants from you. Don't be afraid of your weakness. Don't be afraid of what he wants to do in your life. Don't be afraid. I'm going to pray and close this part, and then we're going to talk about Nigeria here for a second, and we'll go offline. Father, we worship you and praise you. I thank you, Lord, that you choose to operate in our weakness. I think of the so many so many messages and and words that I've received from Pakistan, a, a place that is under so much oppression. That Christians are under so much oppression, and I've received so many words from them. Father, I pray an encouragement to them right now that. In their weakness, you are strong. You are so much stronger than they even realize. And what is coming is so much more than they even realize. But in their faithfulness, you are everything. Father, do your work. Do your work in this place in preparing. Do your work in this place in whatever you want to do. God, but we... Declare the joy that you give when we are at our weakest. Because then it's your strength, not ours. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You stop that.